Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen. I keep saying I'm, I'm going to find the spot that I'm really comfortable putting the emphasis on your name. See? So, okay. Because you're famous. You're doing great. You're famous. Yeah. <laughs> and we got Will Homer uh, from uh, Painted Hills Natural Beef in beautiful downtown Fossil. If you should look up, if you're listening to this show and you've probably heard of Portland or maybe Salem and Eugene, Seattle. I bet you haven't heard of Fossil, and I bet you couldn't find it if you had to go there. So you better look it up. Look it up. I told one lady in a grocery store one day, she was giving me a hard time, you know, when I was doing your stuff. And she said, where is Fossil? I said, five miles from hell. You just can't get there from here. (laughs) It's 50 miles from Mitchell. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Sorry to my friends in Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you find that guy? Yeah. <laughs> I have a partner there. You have a partner there. Okay. All right. Well, let's you get did. back to talking. Yeah. Let's get back to talking beef. What's the most important thing in, in your view, Will, should a consumer be looking for when they go to the meat case? And looking at beef. You know, I think the the good old fashioned color. Look at the yeah. color, and the, and there sometimes there is a thing a dark cutter that gets through the cracks, and so your shirt is dark rose today. You know that's kind of a thread on the product. Yeah, dark maroon. You yeah. know that might be a, a something to shy away from. But other than that, I, you know today your butcher does a great job for you. Presents you you know a great option, a great item. Uh, don't be afraid of the price. I, I am, I am, a, I'm just drives me crazy. This price, this talk about costs and all those things. We eat 56 pounds of beef a year. Average retail price is all the way up to $7 a pound. So that's a year. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid of the cost that you're going to spend to buy beef or enjoy yourself or have a good experience and think that, you know, oh my God, I got to buy that four ninety nine rib steak because that one at fourteen ninety nine is too dang expensive. You're you're not going to have a good experience. But at the same time, some people just don't know how to cook, right? And right. so they might be afraid to touch that because they don't know how to cook it. But some of those items we've gone over today, as with uh, tri tips and terrace majors and all those things, are bulletproof, right? You yeah, just really. You just need heat. You just need to grill the outside. Use the old finger test to find out how done it is, you know. Sorry, meathead. And uh, <laughs> I know he's a he's a timber, he's, he's a stick it he's a sticker. he's a stick it guy. Yeah. I am as well. Oh right, yeah. So anyhow, well you just use the finger thing, you'll be all right. So anyhow, they but 
But, you know, and, and very forgiving. And I think that's what people are finding in those other items, the tri tips yeah. and such, is they're very forgiving. I had a guy, a friend of mine, he smoked one the other day all day while we were at the Beaver game. And we got home, it's 200 and some odd degrees. I went, you did what with a tri tip, you know? But God dang, it was good. It, yeah. it, it came apart like a brisket, you know? It was good. Huh. But. That it was it was a fun deal. So you can do anything, you know. Oh you yeah, try them all. So. so I have a question for you. You yes. say go to the meat counter, you know, look at the color of the meat, which I do. But I have been behind the scenes of a grocery store. Yes. And they brush stuff on that meat to make it red. Really? Yes. What are they putting on it? I won't even tell you. It's a major store, and it is a colored wash that makes the meat look red. Really. So yes. and typically, typically in production, you know, the, the process happens so fast that the, the product isn't allowed to bloom. Right. right There's right. three stages with oxygen. And I, I need to get scientific at some point and understand them. But the call, first call meathead. The fir- there we go. I, we got a good meathead in here and he can straighten us out with his thermometer. But anyhow, he, when you first cut the meat open, it's purple. It's purple like your shirt. Right. right? And I mm-hmm. see a meat guy. He'll he'll cut a rib roast out, cut his 13 steaks out of there and lay them out on the table. And they lay there for 10 minutes. 15 minutes and they turn bright red. Another oxygen molecule attaches itself to the yep, meat, yep. turns red, right? Yep. Then they overwrap it, capture it like that. Because if you don't, you can't sell it. If it goes in there, oh, and they haven't done it. Right. But I've seen where they've gotten a hurry and laid them on top of each other and crisscrossed them, you know, and then they open them up and they got black, they got not black, dark, spots, but it's dark, dark spots underneath. And yeah. Yeah, spots. yeah, you can see it's that. It's kind of just mm-hmm. like the, it, the best example is the hamburger, Right. right. You go to yeah. your go to your store and you get the hamburger chub and you get home and there's a part in the center that's dark. Right. And, pe- and, I, and I never realized this. And one time consumer called me and, you know, the meat managers, they always hide the old stuff in the middle. Well, no, they don't hide the old stuff in the middle. They just did. It, it hasn't changed. The oxygen didn't get to it and it right. didn't get to bloom. Well, that's so, why I use Worcestershire. There you go. So, <laughs> so I know that I know that years ago. That that I worked with a guy worked for me, and then he went back to work for Tyson at the time. And they had invented something that you put into some of these case ready packs, you know, black backing mm-hmm. steak. And there was mm-hmm. a fluid they put in there that kept the color longer. But I don't mm-hmm. know if that stuck. I don't know if they stayed with that because the item had to stay pretty wet looking in the bag to do that. I don't know if that stuck or not. A lot of stores. Um, won't do that anymore because they got called on it. Yeah. Because um, the old trick was you cut the steaks yeah. and you got the red side up yeah. and you flip them over. Sometimes they were still red underneath yeah. and yeah. they and they just repackage them and yeah. put them over that. And then they would paint that crap that Leanne was talking yeah. about on there to try mm-hmm. to get them another week. I have a fan in Bend. Uh, she runs the Ben Lapine School District there. Right. And I try to work with her and what, and she's and, and I'm her fan too because we did some demos one time and she says I go over to the discount case because I like my beef aged. I want the stuff that's turning brown over there. That's the best stuff in the store. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love it. Well, you know, if I'm gonna make if I'm gonna make homemade jerky, which yeah. I do several times oh, a yeah. year, I always go to the discount. Oh case. yeah. Absolutely. And of course, I live where. Um, there's we have a heavy Hispanic population. Oh, sure. So we've got all the thin you, cut. It's already cut for you. It's already cut. Oh. All I got to do is strip it out and throw it in there and go. <laughs> wow. It's all good. It's all good, good man. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. When you're when you're trying to explain to somebody not just the grading, 
But also, you know, Painted Hills' deal over the years has been you take really good care of your cattle. Yeah. You know, they're an animal. You're going to have accidents here and there that yeah. don't, oh, yeah. you know, like that. But everybody still got in their mind, and I know we've talked about it, is that horrible piece of footage where was down in California where they were picking oh. up a busted dairy cow oh. and, and hauling her into the kill room on a shackled yeah. up like that. Yeah. And I mean, that largest was, largest recall in history that had nothing to do with food safety. Yep. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. So how do you explain to them? You say, they said, well, do you, you know, that's like Kobe beef. I would ask meathead the other day, cause this is true. I, I had not been to Japan. My wife worked for some yeah. Japanese and they were always bringing that stuff over. Yeah. They, they massage it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, do all that stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure what that really does. Right. For it. But you know, when you're telling somebody about it, the care that painted Hills gives their cattle and it, stuff, how do you how do you go about that? Because they all they are, well, I saw stuff on the web that said you yeah. know people did this or people. my message. My message is we were we were rancher grown. We, right. we we are seven ranchers got together. We're gonna create this new idea. Back in 1996, when there was no value in cattle, the cattle fat cattle brought 58 cents a pound at that time. It was bad. It was the yeah. the, the industry was dying, and so we stepped out to do something new. But. We don't, we, we take advantage of what a good grower does every day, right? right? They spend their entire existence, a, a cattle, a grower, a cowboy, a, a, a grower of calves spends their existence, keeping their herd alive and do making their herd better and keeping their land better and, and making sure it produces what it did before and after they're there. Right. And, and so we're just taking advantage. We just, we take, we take advantage of them. We take those folks and their story and what they do and, and then leave those cattle natural without the hormones. That's the only part we change from the normal mm -hmm. beef. And that's what creates a great eating experience. But as far as the questioning, when people question, oh, my God, I saw something on TV that somebody did something bad. We just tell the regular cowboy story. I'm not going and I'm not going back to my producers with any kind of documentation and saying you have to follow these new guidelines to qualify for my program because I already know they're doing the best they can. Right. They're doing they're doing a great job now that they they just. That's their that's their understanding. That's their job. I, I told you about a story. Um, they did a story uh, years ago. There's video auctions now where we sell, buy and sell cattle without the cattle. They leave the ranch directly and go directly to their new home without going through a sales barn and all the chaos involved. Mm -hmm. in it. It's a great process. And the fellow that runs it down out of Winnemucca, he put together a video of the folks, some growers down in Paradise Valley, Nevada, north of Winnemucca down there. And these people, and nothing against these folks at all, but they're simple people. They live out there in the in this little bitty town in the middle of nowhere. They're they're family oriented. They're they're livestock and cattle driven, and that's all they know and all they want to know. And good for right. them. I'm jealous of them. Right. right? I right. I have to put all this other stuff together too. So. But that's the kind of person it is. But people that don't understand. And then we also have the advocacy groups all the time banging the door saying, uh -huh. did you know what they're doing? Well, they're not really. But we're trying to get your money. So I'm going to tell you what they're doing. Right. Yeah. That, that's the that's boy. that's that's we don't want to bring that up. But, anyway. <laughs> but it, it's just a simple life and a simple existence. And, a, and that's why we have the meet and greet that we invited yeah. you to. 
is is we have a lot of cowboy participation. We would love to have more. I'm going to have to pay meet guys to come stay and come to the event to sit across the table from cowboys so they can understand these people are just simp. They just want to do a, They just want to be left alone. They want to do a great job producing great beef. And, and we need to leave them the hell alone. I, you know, years ago, one of the first ones of those I went to, which was at, well, it was at the fairgrounds Yeah, there. Yeah. And then we took them on a ranch tour and stuff yeah. the next day and all that. Yeah. And I did a, um, statistical presentation for you guys and all that. But my point was, it was funny because these guys that were one guy that was the boss man at market of choice out here. Yeah. I watched him get out. He's got his Gucci loafers on. He's got, you know, his, um, you know, Nordstrom yeah. slacks and yeah. that type of nice guy. Yeah. Oh, fine. yeah. They're great. Yeah. But he had no idea of setting foot. That was the first one he came to. Yeah. And he got out of the car and he's looking around and of course yeah. there's grass and there's dirt and there's weeds and a long way from Starbucks. A long ways from Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was kind of funny. I think I think I I think that as ranchers and stuff, we do ourselves a disservice by doing the ah shucks deal. Yeah. And really explain it the way you just did. Yeah. You know, like that. Um so people could relate to it a little more because once they talk to them, yeah, they're sold. Oh yeah, they got it. Oh yeah, they're in. Yeah, but you got to talk to them, and there's not enough cowboys to go around. Nope, to do that. Nope. At least that's Leanne told me that. Yeah, there wasn't enough. Yeah, there no there cowboys are. in Florida. <laughs> oh, Leanne, so. my dad, my dad used to have a saying, you know that that every cowboy ought to go merchandise their item at least one day a year. They ought to go out in a store and talk about beef one day a year, or if they don't do that, they go to jail for one day a year. And the I, guy, I he, like that. and the guy he was talking to says, "Well, you can't do that. So why can't we do that? They don't have enough jail space." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That, that's true. That's true. Good. True. True. So, Leanne, this is your chance to talk to a um, a real beef guy, a real producer. I know you were ran the restaurants in Chicago and Washington and all those places. What were the what were the things that you had to do to deal with beef when you were running those restaurants that something, you know, maybe something happened. Maybe you didn't get what you wanted and not just a distribution problem, or maybe the quality wasn't what you were sold. Tell us about some of that and, and how you dealt with it. Well, it, the important thing in restaurants is to develop a very good relationship with your vendors. And I, it's also about the salesperson for me because they're the person that's going to fight for you and, you know, try to get you the best deals, you know, for high quality. So it's a, it's a relationship that you build, but at the same time, I was very careful in the vendors that I selected as it relates to proteins, because that's a foundation of, you know, what I do barbecue and the sure, proteins. Yeah. And so, um, I did have a, a circumstance with a, a top company uh, with some pork that was not coming in consistent, you know, and it was and they ended up sending the VP out and it was an isolated incident. And, and basically all you have to do is speak up. And I feel like um, the companies will come through for you and they will adjust. I mean, not every cow is going to be the same. Not right. every pig's going to be the same. You know, there's going to be things that are. are going to fall through the cracks. I feel like even with USDA, you know, restrictions and all that, 
some things do fall through, but, um, yeah, you just have to kind of work through it. But, um, the important thing is, you know, in a restaurant, you have to look at the price and, um, and the quality. And so that's why I was always fishing around for, you know, what was going on in the market. I mean, I find today shockingly that prime briskets are only a few pennies more than choice briskets. And I guess it goes, comes down to economics. I don't know. Comes down to Um, demand. And so yeah. we're, we're out of season, right? And brisket demand is going to go out of season or soften in season. Right. And what I told you earlier was cattle are getting older. And so prime is getting more and more and more and more prevalent. So you're getting, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have the privilege of turning my prime briskets into choice boxes and hiding them there. Or else I would be discounting my prime briskets just like I'm discounting my choice briskets because I have too many. Right. So that's and it freezes really well for all you competitors that need briskets. Yeah. Throw it in your freezer. That's, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, I I do. I don't compete, but I do throw it in the that's freezer. Exact freezing is good. It's a good thing, and freezing is a new thing as you've seen in the in the market. Uh-huh. And so it's a good thing. I'm sorry, Leanne. Go on. I oh no, that's all right. Learning. Um, well, I do have a competition coming up, and I would like to try your briskets, okay. <laughs> prime brisket, for an event in January. Um. So um, anyway, so back to uh, the vendors and everything, it's just important to keep the relationship and, um, you know, do your homework. And obviously when the meat comes in, you know, I I always check everything that comes in because you never know, Um, especially with cryovac, you know, cryovac is not perfect world. And if you get air into the meat, you know, it can be a bad piece of meat. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, good. Well, food service has always been a mystery to us. We we are 85% retail. Mm-hmm. And we, um, and, and we, uh, oh gosh, you confused me now. You're flagging down a truck. Uh, we, <laughs> and so food service, we work with food service distributors, as I've mentioned before, but we really don't, I only work with a few real food service relationships on the ground level. Right. But the rice ship is important. Those are hamburger folks. I sure. like to see the flow happen. Mm-hmm. But um, but food service is a mystery to me. I'd sure so like I, I found it also interesting that, you said Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. When I think of Tyson, I think of chicken. Yes. I didn't really know that they were in the beef. Business. Well, see, okay. So they have ad- re-adopted the IBP name. They bought IBP oh, in 1995 I, I know. or IBP six well. or seven or something like that. Right. And mm-hmm. so they're Tyson Fresh Meats. They bought that those plants and uh, chicken. the chicken guy got revved up, went out and bought the beef plants. I'll tell you, by I think I was trying to think of this the other night. I, in the 2000s, somewhere along the way, they were looking to shed those things. Yeah. They wanted rid of them. But now now everything's going well again. But you you will go to the plant I work with, and it's a green box with, that says IBP, IBP. Right. Uh, yeah. a product of Tyson Fresh Meats. Right. And I forgot. I use Tyson because those are the, the people I talk to have a Tyson badge on, right? But Right. Yeah, that's that. They could not get people to learn that beef came from the chicken people. <laughs> and so yeah. they had to go yeah. back to the IBP. Name. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What do you want for Christmas, Leanne? She wants a brisket. I know. We're going to take care of that. I, I do. It's terrible. I, I, I just, I eat a lot of beef. I, I'm, I'm a protein person. Um, and anything a different kind of cut of meat that I'm unaware of, like what you were talking about, you know, at the top of the shoulder, you know, that little muscle there. I would love to try that. So, um, I'll make that happen. You know, I, that's, I'm all about food and eating and, you know, I don't really 
need anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I understand. I do. What about you, there, Big Hoss? What do you want for Christmas? Oh, and don't I say am terrible. I I just go get everything I want. So yeah. I, at this time of year, I try to hold things off. Like I need a new pair of shoes, so I send them to my wife. Now I hope she buys these shoes because I'm I'm waiting for Christmas. But yeah, I am terrible. I don't know. I Christmas. I don't know. I just I want to get all the ribs sold. And this year we harvested more cattle than ever. We we just I I had a customer come to me out of the Seattle market and he said, "Will, he says, what what do we need to do to get our orders filled better?" And and you know we just we, it kind of cost expensive when you don't get it. And I went, "Am I not doing a good enough job?" And he says, "Well, no, not really." And I said, "That's what I need to know." So this year we harvested lots of cattle. I want to cover what he needs. I want to be a better vendor. Yeah, because last year we were under such restrictions, right, you know. Right. So, uh-huh. I, but now I'm nervous as a cat and what long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs, right? Something I got like ribeyes <laughs> because on January second, those ribeyes are worth half what they were on De- on December second, right. right? So I I want them all gone. They all got to go out to the stores, and we got to get them gone, and got to get customers. That's when I usually pick mine up, January third. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah it, so, yeah. <laughs> like that. And we're, Jeff, what do you want for Christmas? You know, uh, it, it was it it was kind of a trying year for me, as you know, and um, I I think, uh, and you even said this the other day on the phone to me, Leanne. She goes, "You, you need some time off." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really what I'm looking for. Is this is my last show prior to changing networks and everything, and. Uh, Nothing, listeners will be the same and all that. But I'm going to get about three and a half weeks off, except for the TV stuff I got to do next week. It'll be the first time I've ever had that much time around the holidays to be with my family. Usually I was coming back from Vegas from the NFR toting stuff and then having to go do something else and whatever. No, I think just that, just the time off and being able to enjoy my my family. And I will tell you this, because my wife doesn't listen to my show, so I can tell you this. We got her a new kitty. Oh. And it's, oh, you did. You, I, I knew you were talking about doing that. Yeah. So. What are you going to name the kitty? Or are you going to let her name it? Um, Damn it. Well, no. they, <laughs> that and more coming up right after this. Um, well, yeah, the old, the, we've had cats for a long time. And our one sassy who passed away last year. She had a spot in my office in the director's chair, the one you see in the back of the video shots, Leanne. It's back there. She would camp. Right, I've seen it. Camp out there all day, and then she could jump over on the printer and walk around and get on my desk and annoy me. And then she would actually climb up and sit on my shoulder. Oh yeah, it's like telling me, like, hey, yeah, let's go do something. Um, So Merce, our daughter, found uh, a couple of them, and so we selected one. I didn't know you had to adopt cats. You have yeah, to adopt you go cats the whole now. Process. Yeah, you know, yeah, only in Portland. No, in my country, said, you say, I think I want a cat, and you have seven show up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was used to. You know, all of a sudden, you walk out in the barn one day, and here's mother cat with yep. with seven babies yep. looking at you like feed us. So, um, yeah, I think just that time off, maybe get in a little golf or something. But I don't really want for any material thing anymore. Too much, you know. New grills, yeah, we burn yeah. through them but you know yeah. we can get those but yeah it's a cool new i think that's too. gonna it sounds like a wonderful christmas yeah. for you 
Yeah, I think so too. All right, we're going to get out of here. Folks, thanks for listening to After Hours we, uh, with uh, Will Homer and Leanne and uh, myself. But I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And if you're close to somewhere, uh, try out one of those Painted Hills prime ribs. They're really good. Or a New York strip. Uh, got if lots you don't, of those. Got lots of those, too. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back next week with another show. Take care, everybody.